Kuzuzampo and welcome to Tech Talk. I'm your producer, Kizawango. This week, we bring to you a program called The Space Dragon, where Isha Chudin, a space engineer of TITT from MYC, gives a detailed understanding of space technology in Bhutan. It highlights satellite development, data acquisition, and data application. This is part one of Space Dragon. Stay tuned. Kuzampo, uh, Mamishi, and thank you so much for taking out time to come visit us and talk to us about space technology. So. Because HM has a vision of a digital Bhutan and space technology is one that's really picking up at the moment. So uh, could you please tell us what is space technology? Yes, uh, thank you, Kuzangpo uh, Kezang and Kuzangpo to all the listeners. Uh, thank you for having me on this uh, program. It's very uh, nice to be talking about uh, space technology because uh, space technology is a vision of His Majesty and it is almost as a gift that we have received this technology from His Majesty the King and the main reason uh, why His Majesty wanted to establish or develop space program the space technology in Bhutan is because space is a multidisciplinary um, field mm-hmm. where you know you can apply the sciences technology engineering mathematics and everything so it is a multidisciplinary field and it is a very essential tool that can be used as uh, a motivation for the young people in Bhutan to aspire towards uh, STEM careers, Mm -hmm. uh, especially towards technology and science. Now talking about space, uh, well space is anything that physically it is anything beyond uh, the Earth's atmosphere. So there is a vast universe out there and our earth is just a very very tiny component of Mm -hmm. the entire universe so this actually gives us a lot of room for um, speculation a lot of room for curiosity innovation and at the same Mm -hmm. time exploration so space is that entity that is outside of earth and uh, much of it we still don't know about so it gives us a lot of room for um, furthering our uh, knowledge about space Mm, okay, and um, I think His Majesty also stated in the recent reforms that were uh, yes, uh, given out and it talked about the importance of STEM and I think space technology encompasses all of that that is required for the transition that we are taking. So uh, why is it important, um, especially in Bhutan, to uh, you know, learn about space technology, to introduce space technology at this time? So um, currently our country is at a very interesting um, period Mm -hmm. in the sense that we are at a cusp of transformation. So previously uh, we kind of passed through the industrial revolution without participating in it Mm -hmm. actively. But currently we are now in the fourth industrial revolution period. And here during this period, technology is one of the main drivers of all kinds of development, especially uh, socioeconomic development, at the same time uh, research and innovation. So space is uh, one of the frontier technologies of this era. And um, it not only provides room for understanding the universe, but some of the technologies that have been used in exploring space and, you know, sending astronauts and satellites to space Mm -hmm. has a lot of uh, ripple effects. 
there are some kind of technologies which has been uh, first developed for use in space, but mm. now uh, their use and applications in Earth is even bigger. So, mm. for example, some of the batteries, the lithium-ion batteries that we currently use, mm. which are the most recent batteries available uh, in the field of mm. uh, batteries right now, has first been developed for use in space. Oh, and okay. because of that, um, now we can use it in our day-to-day -day lives. And uh, another example would be the material that uh, make up the costume of the firefighters. Mm -hmm. So this material has first been used uh, for the design of spacesuits for astronauts because wow. you, when you go to space, the space is a very harsh environment. Mm -hmm. So they had to develop a kind of material which would protect the astronauts from the space's uh, harsh environment. Mm -hmm. But this material has been proven to be uh, fireproof. So now mm -hmm. the firefighters here on Earth use it uh, in their day-to-day mm -hmm. uh, duties. So as I was saying, um, not just for understanding, you know, the space and the stars and galaxies out there, but space has a lot of implications here on Earth as well. Mm -hmm. And even as we speak, um, you know, the network that we are using to broadcast, mm -hmm. uh, to communicate, mm -hmm. and the internet that we use on a day-to-day -day business, the GPS systems that we use, the weather forecast, everything actually is coming from um, space technology. Mm -hmm. So uh, space has a lot of uh, role to play in our daily lives, and it is rightly so that now we have embarked on it. Um, we joined very late, but mm -hmm. at the same time, um, currently uh, in the international space community, mm -hmm. uh, there is this term called the new space age. So we are actually one of the actors in the new mm -hmm. space age because uh, previously when space first started, it was a race between the big countries, you know, like who mm -hmm. can send the first satellite, who can send the biggest mm -hmm. satellite, who can um, send a human to the moon and so on. But in the current new space age, um, the cost of entering space has greatly reduced and because of that a lot of players including um, smaller countries as well as private sector has been able to uh, come into the picture and I think it was also very uh, timely for us to finally mm. join the space community mm. and uh, you know make use of the applications and take inspiration from space at the same time yeah mm -hmm. oh wow okay that's amazing and I think uh, even though it was late for us, um, the progress is slow, but I think it's steady and I think that's amazing. And, um, you know, what is the progress of uh, space technology here in Bhutan? We have started and I think with this uh, group of um, amazing space engineers that we have at the moment, space and technology has come into the limelight. So where are we? What is the progress at the moment? To talk about the progress, let me just take you through um, the mm -hmm. activities that we have carried on so far since mm -hmm. the day we started, mm -hmm. because we didn't start very long ago. So it was in 2016 when the first uh, capacity development project was uh, announced. Mm -hmm. And there, as you rightly mentioned, me and a couple of my friends, we embarked as a team and we mm -hmm. developed the first satellite of Bhutan. Mm -hmm. And we launched it in 2018, June 29. So that is one important milestone for our space uh, program. Then um, after that, uh, we've completed our studies, uh, completed the satellite development project and came back to Bhutan in 2019. And thereafter, we have been trying to uh, establish uh, through 
policy and legal frameworks and at the same time through the organizational structure, uh, through outreach and promotion campaigns, uh, a very strong basis for the space program of Bhutan. So currently what is happening is uh, another satellite, uh, which is a joint project with the government of India, mm. is underway and mm. it is being carried out jointly between Bhutan and Indian Space Research Organization. Mm. So a couple of our engineers and engineers from the ISRO are involved in it. The project is currently in progress. It is under development, so the engineering part is actually being done. Then, um, in terms of the legal and policy frameworks, we are really trying to develop capacity because um, since this is our first time in the space, uh, you know, the space world, we were trained in space engineering, satellite engineering, mm -hmm. but there are so many different aspects of space, like mm -hmm. you have to know the space laws, there are things called space laws that we have to abide by, mm -hmm. then space, uh, you know, regulations and policies, mm -hmm. uh, how do you carry out your space activities in a strategic manner, um, how long for, you know, all these kind of things. Then also one of the most important aspects is um, youth engagement which in fact has been the driving force for Bhutan Space Program since day one because His Majesty envisions uh, space as a tool to inspire the young people in believing that they can do actually anything and even, you know, like uh, pursue something as big as space. Mm -hmm. So because of that, youth engagement is one of our uh, priority areas. And currently in that as well, we have a lot of uh, space promotion, outreach, education and research activities going on. The first and most important one is the Bhutan Space Week, which mm -hmm. is an annual celebration. And it was first started in 2020 as a tribute to His Majesty's 40th birth anniversary. Mm -hmm. And we celebrated every year from 17 to 23rd February. The date marks the significance of His Majesty's birthday week. Mm -hmm. So it was a dedication to His Majesty. And uh, that is one whole week of uh, space, you know, education and outreach. Mm -hmm. A lot of exciting things happening for the young people across Bhutan. So we are involved in both the satellite technology development front, the legal and policy aspects, as well as the promotion and outreach. Mm, okay, that's amazing. I've, I think there's a lot of things planned out and um, I think all of these are going really well. We have heard about the STEM camp and about the Space Week and it has really picked up, uh, the base has really picked up. That's amazing. And uh, I think like last time I was reading one of the news and it talked about how um, you know, the bigger countries are now starting space tourism and about also how they've shot a film in space and came back. So, you know, I think they're doing a lot in terms of socioeconomic development through space. But for a developing country such as Bhutan, um, what kind of a major impact does space technology really do to us? Um, so space technology has a lot of applications. The ones that you have mentioned about space tourism, mm -hmm. human space flight and all, it is uh, something that is really picking up in the space community at this point in time. And we can never say never because even we as a small country, we never mm -hmm. thought that we would have our own satellite, but we actually did. So. The space industry is changing at such a fast rate that we cannot actually predict what's going to happen. Um, well, that said, 
one of the closest applications or the benefits of space technology would be the satellite data applications. So when you send a satellite to space and you image the Earth from space, you get a different perspective, unlike the ones that we get from, you know, tools that you use on mm -hmm. Earth. So it gives you another dimension of information that is actually like a a very, very valuable piece of uh, information and data mm. that can be used uh, to fuel the decisions of uh, policymakers, service providers, and so on. So some of the applications would be, you know, telecommunications, first and foremost, then broadcasting. Mm. And at the same time, uh, for example, there was one incident where... Um, a human trafficking was actually spotted through a satellite image data because they yeah. saw that when they actually uh, took a picture of mm -hmm. the ocean because uh, what was happening was um, in some part of Southeast Asia or something mm -hmm. they were actually trafficking humans for their labor and what they were doing was like taking shiploads of people from one place and then transshipping them in the middle of the ocean where no one could see them Oh, illegally yeah, yeah. and then crossing the border to another country and exporting these people for their uh, labor mm -hmm. so that was the human trafficking case but what happened was uh, through a satellite data they captured that two ships were aligned together which means there was some kind of transshipping going on so when this was spotted through the satellite data satellite image then the uh, NGO workers the you know the police and everyone mm -hmm. they were alerted and they went to the to that spot to mm -hmm. check it and then they mm -hmm. actually caught the human trafficking going on red-handed. Oh, wow. So it saved a lot of lives. So mm -hmm. space uh, applications, I mean, there are plenty, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, you can go from agricultural crop monitoring mm -hmm. to weather forecasting mm -hmm. to human trafficking management, you know, illegal mining, mm -hmm. illegal logging, uh, border security, so many mm -hmm. different uh, applications. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the possibility mm. is just... Possibilities yeah. uh, are as big as the space itself. Mm. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting idea of how... Because when we talk about space tech, especially people who are not um, majoring in space, we only think of the you know mm -hmm. the things that's happening outside of the universe, of, outside of the world. So I think that's amazing to understand how... Um, yes, applicable spaces in terms of you know even human trafficking you know a very big issue here. So that's amazing. And um, you know uh, I think earlier Ma'am also talked about how we will uh, we also have teachers coming in now working um, in Bhutan who will be uh, yes helping in the development of space tech. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, could you please talk about how um, why do you think space technology is uh, should be included in education at this moment in Bhutan? So um, this is still a debatable issue, but uh, one of the most uh, prominent platforms for us to reach out to young people is through our education system. Because you can do it through the media, you, you can do it through your parents and so on, but children spend most of their time in the school and most of our Bhutanese children are going to school. So mm -hmm. 
the most logical way to reach out to as many young people as possible mm -hmm. is to tap into the education system. That is why we are collaborating with the Royal Education Council, Ministry of Education, and some very, very passionate teachers to work on uh, introducing mm -hmm. space science and technology for our young kids. And uh, But the way we do it is quite different from how technology is usually introduced in schools. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, when we were younger, we used to study everything through uh, textbooks and so on, and yes. we had to memorize a lot of formula mm -hmm. and a lot of facts, and we had to regurgitate those mm. things on the exam paper. Yes. But in terms of space science and technology, we're doing it in a very um, innovative way, in the mm. sense that we are presenting space science and technology as an optional uh, project module for oh, the wow. students of yeah. class 9 to 12 mm. in their physics subject. Mm. Uh, so we have started doing this from this year onwards. And what students can actually do is uh, they have a lot of room to uh, explore and learn by themselves on mm -hmm. all the topics that we have proposed. And this is in no way, uh, you know, an implication for them or a mandatory kind of uh, mm -hmm. burden. Everyone has to do a science project in all their grades in Weber from 9 to 12. Mm. So uh, what we're saying is that, okay, since you have to do a science project anyway, well, if you're interested in space, uh, mm. here it is for you, Selape, we lay it out for them. And we provide them external links, um, you know, additional resources and so on for them to further develop their understanding about the subject. And yeah, so we're trying to do it in this way. Mm -hmm. And we're also collaborating with uh, a group of teachers to study the impact of our intervention here. Mm -hmm. So as we introduce this, uh, the new field of mm -hmm. uh, space science and technology in the curriculum, we also want to understand um, how it's impacting children mm -hmm. and uh, their perception about space science and technology, how, mm -hmm. how does it change over time. So mm -hmm. we're also uh, carefully studying that. So we started from mm -hmm. this year. Okay. And um, as uh, being the first uh, group of people who actually went out to study space and came back with a very huge, um, you know, um, progress and a success by sending the first satellite Obutan um, out there. So, um, you know, for the people who are actually, for especially um, young minds who are tech, uh, who are um, enthusiastic, you know, in space tech, um, where can they go to further, um, you know, their knowledge on space technology? Are we uh, going to have like a university or like a special space tech program or education related to this here in Bhutan? Um, currently, we don't have anything as such, uh, mm. but as I mentioned, space is a multidisciplinary field, uh, mm. and that is very that is something that I can relate with as well, because when I first started university, I actually did my undergrad in civil engineering, and then for my masters, I did in space engineering. So in a way, it is not a hard prerequisite that you have to take a subject related to space similar. So if you are interested in something related to satellite engineering, of course, there are components of uh, space that you have to learn, such as like how the objects behave in the orbit, orbital mechanics, that's what we call mm -hmm. it. And then aerodynamics, how something mm -hmm behaves in you know air we have to learn those things and what is the space environment like mm -hmm. 
But then a majority of the things such as, you know, building the hardware, the software components, putting a satellite together, a lot of it is um, a mixture of many different fields. So, for example, if you look at a satellite, it has a lot of different systems inside it. The analogy that I would like to draw upon is a human body. So imagine a satellite is a human body. A human body has different organs, right? So similarly, a satellite also has different uh, components mm -hmm. and subsystems within the satellite. So, mm -hmm. for example, a human needs the brain to you know, control the body, mm -hmm. think and process information and mm -hmm. so on. So... Similarly, uh, on a satellite, we have mm -hmm. the onboard computers there. Then um, we have hands and mm -hmm. different organs. So the satellite also has the electrical power system, the, mm -hmm. then the attitude control system, mm -hmm. uh, the structure of the satellite. So mm -hmm. you could actually study anything and your knowledge could still contribute to the development mm -hmm. of something for a space technology celebrator because mm -hmm. sometimes um, some of the astronauts that actually go to the International Space Station right mm -hmm. now, they don't even have a background, anything related to astrophysics or mm -hmm. aerodynamics, nothing related mm -hmm. to that. Some of them are maybe biologists or medical doctors and they mm -hmm. just want to do their research in mm -hmm. the space environment. So that is just like an add-on to their already existing knowledge. Mm -hmm. So you don't actually have to pursue a very, very hard, fixed, you know, like mm -hmm. aerodynamics or and some say mm -hmm. you don't have to do it. Okay. So as long as you study anything and mm -hmm. you want it to relate it to something in space, uh, there's always room for learning. And... Uh, currently we don't have any programs for universities mm -hmm. but uh, we are it is not official yet mm -hmm. so maybe it is not um, apt to announce as well but mm -hmm. we are constantly looking for ways to maybe establish some kind of module or mm -hmm. a short project or something mm -hmm. um, that we can include in the universities in Bhutan mm. but currently we don't have anything concrete to announce so um, we're still working on that and uh, from our government side uh, we send our officials to um, the same university that mm. we studied space engineering at in mm. Japan so a colleague from the College of Science and Technology is also going is I think she has already started her classes with uh, the university there. So that's also one of the areas where we can develop. And mm -hmm. um, while we're here, we can also engage in a lot of like online courses, especially in areas related to the space economy, then, you know, the space law and regulations, policies mm -hmm. and so on. Okay, so a lot of <coughs> things to look forward to, I think, yeah. because it has just started. But yes, um, yeah, I think um, especially space technology in Bhutan has just started. It's a... Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's still very um, small at the moment, but we're getting there. So um, if we really want to bring space technology in Bhutan, what infrastructures and resources are required to, to actually um, you know, have our young minds and have people who are interested in space tech in Bhutan to get involved in? What kind of infrastructures and resources should mm -hmm. Bhutan require? So uh, that is a very good question. And there are very... Uh, 
different aspects of space that we can look into. Mm -hmm. The first one is uh, satellite development. Mm -hmm. So if you actually want to develop a satellite, uh, there are some um, facilities or infrastructure that are actually required to mm. help the development. Mm. So a laboratory which mm. has the assembling, integration and testing facilities required for the satellite development, mm. uh, which we're currently having difficulty with mm. even as we develop the second satellite project. So that needs to be developed. In addition to that, uh, when you actually send a satellite to space, now it doesn't have a wire that is connected to Earth that you can download data, right? Mm. So it needs to communicate with the Earth through mm. radio communication. So we actually need something on Earth to receive all the information. Now this station, we call it the ground station. Mm. So we also need to develop on building ground stations that can receive quality data. Mm. Now what happens to the data after we receive it? You, you can't just store it or discard it, right? Mm. So you have to make some kind of applications with these data. Mm. So we also need... Um, a center, I would call it, or a group of people who are actually working on processing these data. Mm. And for example, when the data from space comes to Earth, it doesn't come in a very, you know, appealing form. It all comes in codes and, mm -hmm. you know, radio communication. So with that radio communication, we have to analyze it and make sense of that data and then convert it into images or, you know, uh, sounds or mm -hmm. anything that we require. Oh, so we okay. also need a data processing center, mm -hmm. which needs uh, software as well as manpower. Mm -hmm. And currently, we don't have a lot of people who know how to process mm -hmm. these data. Uh, suppose, even if we have a very good ground station and a very mm -hmm. good satellite on uh, mm -hmm. in orbit, if we don't know how to process any mm -hmm. of these data, then it's like nothing mm -hmm. and everything is in vain. Mm -hmm. So we also need to do that. And after that, we have to disseminate all this information mm -hmm. to whoever is the user. Maybe it is, you know, the Ministry of Agriculture and Forest or... Maybe it is the general public or mm. BBS or mm. anyone. So um, we also need um, facilities where mm. or infrastructure to disseminate all these uh, mm. applications, provide valuable uh, applications and services to people. Mm, okay, mm. so I think it's not as easy as... Yeah, but this is just yeah. one part of the space, mm. the whole space industry. Mm. Now remember that because mm. we, we're just focusing on the satellite, the mm. data and its applications. Mm. Now if you look at the other part, which is rockets, launches mm. and so on, then it's a whole different topic. Mm. But I don't think that is our um, priority right mm. now especially rockets because mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of prerequisites for launch having yeah. a rocket and at the same time having a launch site mm -hmm. so we are focusing on the things that are actually doable for us mm -hmm. and then the other thing is you know like 
if you want to launch a human to space like an astronaut mm -hmm. then you need astronaut training center or mm -hmm. you know astronaut launch uh, mm -hmm. but these things can be shared mm -hmm. with other countries through mm -hmm. international cooperation mm -hmm. so okay. our focus right now would be satellite development mm -hmm. uh, data acquisition mm -hmm. and at the same time data application mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. that's amazing and um, yeah, I think the first satellite uh, was sent in space and now we are on the second one so what facilities do we actually have in place at the moment do we have some of the things that you mentioned uh, yes. for the second satellite that we have uh, oh. planning to launch so uh, because of the first satellite we mm. had to develop the ground station mm. that we currently have at DITT mm. so that can be uh, used as the basis for communication in the next satellite as well but mm. of course it has to be enhanced a bit because the second satellite has different frequencies and mm. different parameters mm. so based on that we have to modify the ground station a bit but mm. we actually have something to work with in the first place okay. so that that would be one of the facilities that we had developed and another thing is also the capacity which we cannot see in physical terms mm. in tangible terms but uh, me and my friends we were trained in how to develop a satellite how to mm. go through the entire process of the satellite development and how to operate the satellite how to track a satellite and so on so mm. these are very um valuable uh let's say residue or remnants from mm. the first satellite mm. uh, or we might call it as souvenirs mm. yeah. <laughs> but yeah these are some things that mm. we have retained mm. from our first satellite that we can build on and develop further into uh, mm. the second satellite as oh, well okay so we do have some tangible and non-tangible <laughs> yes. uh, resources uh, here mm. in Bhutan at the moment and that's amazing. I think a very good start to it. And with this we have come to the end of part one of the program Space Dragon. We will be back next week with part two of this program so do not forget to tune in then. This is your producer Gezo Wangmo signing out. Goodbye. <laughs>